A self-described saint decided to prove creation and the deity of Christ. He went to those he called heathens and preached a sermon that he thought would have made Paul proud. He stood there and pointed to the Bible and said, this book, this is truth. And one child asked, but what if I don't believe in that book? With that one question, the preacher was stumped. He sputtered and used texts that were strung together that made perfect sense to him, but the crowd did not buy proof texting from a source they did not know. His wife stepped up and told stories and held the children and talked with the people that gathered. Some chose not to believe, but most were intrigued. She hugged the homeless and insisted they come to her shelter she ran downtown. She discussed with the scientists and talked about the economy with the business people. And she was genuinely, and I mean genuinely, interested in each of them. Then the same child came up and asked her, why do you do this? The wife pointed to the Bible and said, because of the God who gave us this book. To which the boy replied, wow, now that. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. Sabbath School U, a weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Welcome to Sabbath School University. My name is Sarah Mae Cologne, and I am your host for today. And I would like our guests to introduce themselves. This is the panel, as you can see, lovely people. Mm. And within your introduction of like your name and such, um, if you could just tell me your favorite biblical animal and why, go. Uh, my name is Jeff Crowley, and my favorite biblical animal is the behemoth. The behemoth. Yeah, it's really great to say. And so. why? Because it's really great to say. Oh, I thought there was way more depth to that one. <laughs> We're just going to move on, Jeffrey. Cool. Go ahead. Uh, my name is Alex Barrientos. Um, I love killer whales, so I'm kind of thinking of a huge fish. Think about the one that kind of swallowed up Jonah. Ah, see, more depth. That's yeah. what, <laughs> that's what we're going. It's a cool one. You know, God did things through this animal, so I like him. Do you ever say barrientos? Barrientos. 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 Okay. It's a little rule. I'm never going to get that. <laughs> it's the Spanish thing, so um, it's okay. All right, all right. And my name is Earl Esdale, and my favorite <laughs> biblical animal is the lion. And mm. you find lion in many parts of the Bible, but one thing I like the most about the lion is the lion of the tribe of Judah, mm. which represents Jesus. So. See, depth. I'm just kidding. But is great to say. That is true. Awesome. Well, we will move on now and we will pray and read scripture. So, Earl, would you mind doing that for us? Yes. So, our scriptural lesson for today is taken from Psalm, the 119th division, mm -hmm. verse 154. It says, Plead my cause and redeem me, revive me according to your word. Mm. Okay? It's going to ask us bow our heads at this time. Father, we're so thankful for your word and the privilege to be able to understand your word. And as we spend these few moments discussing it, may your Holy Spirit enlighten us and may we enjoy the conversation as well. This we ask in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Well, as you know, we're discussing lesson three, which is entitled The Word, The Foundation of Revival. So, yay, we're on the foundation of revival. <laughs> so the first question I would like to ask is, in what ways has the power of God's word changed your life? It's hmm. kind of a personal question. Um, I think for me personally, 
it has it's spoken in in different ways that it needed to in different times. There are times where it, it was an encouragement. There are times where it was a reprieve. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost got I the way I like to think of it. It's almost this creative power it has to to do what it needs to do at at that moment and just kind of throughout various times in my life where it needed to do one thing, it did it, and then when it needed to do something else, so it, it did it. So it morphs to what you need it to be. In right. Business? Right. That's awesome. Awesome. Hmm. Alex. <laughs> no. I, I think I think it shuts down my world and how I understand it, huh. and I think that the idea of a thought that comes outside of my own brain mm-hmm. uh, kind of terrorizes the way I think. Um, it changes my view on how I see myself. Mm-hmm. And um, in a sense, it kind of just really, really calls me out to be uh, someone who's really lost, but not lost in like, let's say, as in condemned, but as in lost, as in where am I going? What am I kind of thing? Right. And um, it's kind of where is my center? Where is the center? And um, I think that's what scripture does in my own life. Mm-hmm. It's calls me back to whatever that center is. Right. So it kind of shakes you up in essence. Huge. Yeah. So that's interesting because like you find scripture as it like fits into nooks of your life and like continues to grow out of that and you find it more as a grounder, like something that shakes you up to refocus. Is that kind of what you're saying? Definitely. That's awesome. Definitely. Awesome. Earl's being very supportive over there with the head nods. So I'm I'm just being a supporter, you know. Nice, nice. But for me, uh, I I must say that the stories in the Bible, I find them to be so real. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's one thing I like about the Bible. It doesn't just tell you the good, goody two-shoe pictures of, you know, the, the biblical characters, but it shows their struggles mm-hmm. and how God was still able to use those individuals. And it tells me, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, no, no matter what I think I am, once I place my hands in God's hand, he can still use me. Mm-hmm. And so that gives me the confidence to go forward and do his will. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. I always think it's really cool how the Bible is so applicable to each person that encounters it yeah. and it has a different reaction almost to it. Um, and, you know, I would like to take this opportunity that, you know, the Bible, since we talked about favorite biblical animals, you know, it does mention unicorns. And does so it? I could say <laughs> that on. the Bible is relatable <laughs> to me. Oh, you like unicorns? It, it, you look for unicorns? You know, <laughs> I love unicorns. Anyways, moving on. So... Yes, the Bible is awesome because it can like be different for each person and it can challenge you on different ways that nobody could even come up with. Like some of the stuff you read and you hear the stories that people have gotten out of it, you're like, how did you even get there? You right. know, it's so ridiculous. What's interesting, I think, from what you're mentioning mm-hmm. is the fact that this is, let's say, a source. Mm-hmm. Fine. These are a set of stories, mm-hmm. the reality, you got experience and all, mm-hmm. and yet the fact that we yeah (laughs) (laughs) and the fact and and then the shattering idea of course and you know the imagery Mm -hmm. of the animals and yet once you find yourself within scripture Mm -hmm. it seems like it's a whole different ball game yet again Mm -hmm. and no one's changed it and it seems that itself has seems new every all the time and and why and and it's strange you know and it's not like a mystical type of book Mm-hmm. But the fact that scripture has that drive of, mm-hmm. once again, calling the center, kind of bringing in the story, mm-hmm. the realities, mm-hmm. and the unicorns <laughs> into play, and 
and yet it has a different touch for us all the time. Yeah. It's, it's a crazy Absolutely. thing. I think a phrase that I've discovered uh, recently that, that kind of makes sense of how I've been looking at scripture is uh, scriptural imagination. Mm -hmm. um, I was reading a book by uh, Eugene Peterson. He's the guy who translated the, the message paraphrase. Mm -hmm. He's talking about when he was a kid, he had this job at, in his town in, uh, mm -hmm. I think it was Montana. And um, it was like the middle of the night and his job was to water all the trees kind of down Main Street and does it in the middle of the night so no cars come by hmm. or whatever. And he said that when when he would see the sun start coming up, he'd, he'd think back to that psalm like uh, awake the dawn and all, all that mm. kind of thing. But then he said like throughout his life and especially in his life as a pastor, it kind of gave, it opened up his world to like this scriptural imagination of where that psalm narrates kind of that that part of his life and so cool. it's kind of like he shows the rest of his life as, as a journey almost through through the biblical text and yeah. and which mm. stories he latched mm -hmm. on to whether they were dirty or real or mm -hmm. or inspiring that kind of thing and mm. that's so cool because that goes right into the next question of you know what role does the bible play in revival and why because so often i think we distance ourselves and make it a historical book or make it some kind of other book where we can't we don't really relate to it and we don't really take pieces of it and actually apply them to our lives and then live it, you know? Like, we're so good at regurgitating information, but, I mean, what role does it play then in the revival? Well, I think primarily that Scripture alone doesn't come to you mm. in the sense that a dog comes to you when whenever you whistle at it. Mm -hmm. You know, you're trying to call it back and the dog comes and it's at your service. Mm -hmm. Scripture is not, has not come to you because you've whistled for it. But I think it's awesome to think that God initiates mm -hmm. the conversation with humanity. Mm -hmm. That is to say that God himself offers the, the speech, the talk, mm -hmm. the utterance, if you'd like, and he begins the conversation. How does he do so? Well, through his will. And obviously we've seen it through scripture. And so the reason why we actually have an interest, we can mm -hmm. say, let's say, in scripture, I think, or the Bible, is because I think God Himself calls us primordially mm -hmm. before we even step into the world of the Bible. Um, there's a sense of the Spirit kind of, hey, you know, there's this story that you mm -hmm. find in the Bible, and then when you come into it, we could I, either take two roles, I think. Mm -hmm. You could either be a studious person and try to find all the proof text to do whatever it is you want, mm -hmm. or you can approach Scripture with trying to experience what God has done within that history of humanity. And that's I think cool. that's a powerful thing because we're not just talking about a book. Mm -hmm. We're talking about a person and how he has acted in history, how he's acting today, and what he's doing towards the future. I think that yeah. makes a whole different way of how one is to revive or renew mm -hmm. the way one is to approach life after that. That's a really mm -hmm. cool thought. Go ahead. Uh, and I also think that <coughs> in revival, talk about revival, kind of going off on what you, you were talking about, you have to take the scripture real seriously. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is that very often, sometimes individuals approach scripture just as a regular reading book, you mm -hmm. know. But um, if you come f to understand scripture to let it teach you how you should live, mm -hmm. that's when re true revival, you know, takes place. If you come to scripture to prove to Sarah that she's wrong about the scriptures, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> and I'm right. You know, then um, you lose the whole point of scripture. Yeah. And sometimes we use scripture to support, so to support um, things that we want to do. Mm -hmm. But sometimes scripture um, challenges us mm -hmm. 
to change who we are. And we're supposed to let scripture do that for us. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, then true revival can really take place within us. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I think I think one of the issues has been when we've approached uh, scripture, the mm -hmm. Bible, the text, if you like, that we have become too accustomed right. to studying the Bible without necessarily knowing how to read it. Mm. And there's a huge difference in that because we become, we, we approach scripture and expect some sort of revival Mm -hmm. But how do you expect revival mm -hmm. when you're searching the scriptures as though they were encyclopedia-like mm -hmm. type of dictionary type of resource? Mm -hmm. Whenever there's an issue, you'll go up to the bookshelf and you'll pull it out and how do you solve this problem? Now, that's a really nice thing to do. But how about just reading scripture yeah. alone yeah. as you would with a novel or you would with another type of literature that you would read. Mm -hmm. Not to say that scripture is a novel, <laughs> but that is to say, how about allowing you to experience the story mm -hmm. of what God has been doing with his people? And it's Absolutely. as simple as that, Absolutely. I think would change the way we uh, renew, mm -hmm. we revive the, the, the imagination mm -hmm. as well as yeah. the spirit to do so and, mm -hmm. and invite, obviously, learning, challenging, and uh, a yeah. lot of terrorizing in one's own life. <laughs> right. Yeah, because I find it funny because as someone I know, all of us are actually in school studying this lovely book <laughs> and all the things that go with it. <laughs> but I think it's interesting because so often I know I find myself getting so academic about it mm. that it becomes impersonal. Mm. It's just a final paper sure. at some point, mm. you know, and that is probably one of the more terrifying things I think of studying for a degree mm. theology. Um, but I think the beautiful part of it is, is when you do read it, you sit down and you have no idea what's going to come of it and you have no paper to write on it and it's just you time and God time and you're reading it and you're just blown away by what's in there. Because I know, I, you know, as I read whenever I sit down just to read for fun, I'm always really amused by what ends up coming out of it. And it's not mm. an academic brilliance. It's like a personal brilliance, something that reshapes and alters and maybe even terrorizes my life, where I realize, oh, man, I need, to, I need to pull it together because there's no way I'm going to be able to keep living a healthy life or as a true Christian without understanding what this book really stands for. And those scholarly approaches are amazing and really important. I'd like to clarify that. Um, it's also so critical, like you said, to make sure it's a very personal one. Earl. And, you know, going based on what you, you just mentioned in terms of just spending time enjoying the scriptures, mm -hmm. mm. I think sometimes we forget to take time to just meditate and think about yeah. it. You yeah. know, very, very often we just read through it, say, okay, I did my five minutes of reading the Bible. Yep. <laughs> you know, but, you know, we need to just spend time not only reading it, but just thinking about it and thinking right. about the implications as you mentioned that right. just... You know, the academic. And when you meet people that have truly internalized what this thing, you know, like what it's mm. saying throughout scripture, you can tell. Like it's yeah. just effulging out of them and you're just like, whoa, I need to stand in your presence. You know, you just yeah. want to be around them because yeah. you're just inspired by them. And then you meet the other people that know everything and they can point out anything you ask, but you're just kind of, eh. Like no, there's no, nothing definitely. in them. There's no fire um, burning. So I guess another question is, how are the functions of the Word of God and the Spirit of God similar? Well, when, I, when you look at the Word of God and you look at the Spirit of God, there are a number of things that makes them similar. For one, they both point to um, Jesus. Mm. And so without the Scriptures, we don't know about Jesus. Mm. 
and without the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to to um, help us to understand the word, we will not understand what the word is saying about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And um, the word of God has the power to change lives. You know, the Bible says that, you know, God spake and it was done. Mm -hmm. He commanded and it was stood and it stood fast. And so God's spoken word is very powerful and God's written word is even more, well, I won't even say even more powerful, but it's as powerful. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit is that power behind the um, written word that changes lives, mm -hmm. that changes a drunkard into somebody who's sober, mm -hmm. you know? So um, changes a person like me, whom I have my different struggles, mm -hmm. but helps me to grow each and every day mm -hmm. in my Christian walk with him, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I think that's where, yeah. you know, you find similarities between the, the word and, you know, the Holy Spirit. That's awesome. I think that kind of, I think it goes back to what you just said about the people who can know everything that's that's in it and like they know about it they can know the languages they can you know find stuff in it but there's a difference between doing that and actually um, experiencing the word of God as as the spirit brings it to you I think mm -hmm. to me that's the primary difference is you can know about scripture in terms of you know mm -hmm. everything that's in there but without the spirit actually working in you without the spirit mm -hmm. actually you know telling you the things that god has been doing in the past yeah. changing the drunkard and that kind of thing it, it really doesn't amount to much right so they have to go in tandem right. in essence you know they have to work together in order to even make it there right, right? right. yeah I, I think the the idea is is mixing it's double fold you do need them intertwined and then you have to understand them uh apart from each other i, right. I would suggest you know when we go and you read acts 5 um, you, you'll read the story about Peter and who is the fire and who, you know, mm -hmm. the issues that he's throwing at them. And, um, and the suggestion is that they have lied to the spirit of the Lord right. and yet they knew what was true. It, it seemed like the spirit of the Lord is personified. It is a person. And yet you find, let's say a text like John one, where the word of God is personified as well. Mm -hmm. And yes, there's a distinction. And yet you find uh, Paul in his letters yet s telling you that you know that the prophets were inspired by God himself and mm -hmm. that they were God breathed mm -hmm. in other words the Spirit of God had something to do with awesome. speaking to the prophets and so mm -hmm. yes you find this distinction and yet you find this uh, mixture and I think that's a beautiful thing of how, what God is trying to do in terms of function mm -hmm. how to reach humanity how to do so you cannot depend on yourself. You right. need to depend on the Spirit, and yet you need to depend on the Word of God, and you cannot work without them. And mm -hmm. it's just, that's why I mean by a double fold. You mm -hmm. need both. They Creates work together. fireworks if they're put together. Definitely, yeah. definitely. I would just like to point out how much of a New Testament nerd you just were. Okay. <laughs> no. Anyhow. <laughs> no. Claim it. Claim it. No. Yeah, claim it. Nothing wrong, nothing wrong. No, yeah, no, no, no. Not at all. Awesome. So I guess, you know, we use the Bible a lot. I know within our our different belief systems in all of Christianity, a lot of times we use the Bible to prove text or to like make a point and we use it as its own authority, which is kind of, you know, hard. Like in the intro when we were talking about, yeah. you know, like this kid, if they don't know the source, then why does it matter? Right. Mm -hmm. So I guess in what way does the Bible testify to its own authority? Is that, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, there, there are several scriptures in you know the Bible that talks about it, and um, Alex mentioned one of them in terms of um, 
the, the, the scriptures being God breathed. We find mm-hmm. that in Second Timothy chapter three verse sixteen. Mm-hmm. And also, I, I'm looking here at um, Hebrews chapter four. It says, "For the word of God is quick mm-hmm. and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, mm-hmm. and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart." Mm-hmm. And so, when you look at this um this passage, you know, um, Paul is encouraging us to have, um, to have a belief in God. Mm-hmm. And he says that belief is established by the word because the word is not just something that you read. It's very powerful yeah. and it, it pierces the individual mm-hmm. and it shows you your fleshly ways to, versus what God would have you to do. Right. And so, um, in that way, you know, that's how I see it, the Bible testifying of itself. It tells, it, it explains to us what's his purpose. Mm. His purpose is here to, to, to lead us into instruction mm. and to guide us into righteousness. And it's God's word to lead us to him, mm. to have a relationship with him. Nice. I think what's interesting is um, there are other sources that you find mm-hmm. um, throughout a lot of literature where it says, this is what you have to believe in, this is what you can't believe in. But here's a different way of seeing scripture, I think, which makes it authoritative. And here's the irony of scripture. Mm -hmm. If we take scripture as story, Mm -hmm. then how does a story ever become authoritative? Hmm. Well, it's not that the story is concerned necessarily with what happened, Mm -hmm. but what is said. What is said? Well, what, who's the one who's saying it? Well, God is the one who's saying the Yahweh, the creator of heaven and earth. Mm -hmm. And what has been recorded it was is what god has said mm-hmm. and israel built upon that that utterance of mm-hmm. what god has said mm-hmm. and we live by what god has said not by what just what happened mm-hmm. because we could find history wherever you want mm-hmm. but what we find there is the speech of god it's and this is what israel has proclaimed and we too are not living on just some history and you know you could just pinpoint it down sometime in the universe or whatever But you find now that God has spoken and we know what that speech looks like. Mm -hmm. And we actually, you know, first John says we met the person, we hugged them, we touched Mm -hmm. them, we saw him. And that's what we proclaim today. Mm -hmm. What they saw is what we proclaim. So it has everything to do with the saying, the speech of God. I think it's a beautiful thing. I think it's important to note it's a speech that that happened, Mm -hmm. but it's happening and will happen. Yes. Yeah. And you know, and you made a point about it's not a historical book, because, and you know, very often people look at the Bible as a historical book. It deals with history, yes, and you can learn a lot about history through it. But it particularly deals with God's dealing mm. with history, because there's so many different things that took place in history. But um. And God. it's a specific God. Exactly. This is not just any right. God who's just so, wandering around. Okay, well then that brings us to the next question. And is it, why is this book, this God's Word, hmm. so dramatically different from any other inspirational books? Because let me tell you, as a girl, I have bought a lot of inspirational books. <laughs> so go. <laughs> oh, just man. go. <laughs> <Yes>. Okay, <laughs> Jeff, maybe you want to... <laughs> um, I think... I think it's the the power that it's had is that it's spoken so much over time. The mm-hmm. way that Alex said, uh, God mm-hmm. uttered, and, and this is what Israel mm-hmm. built upon. But after Israel, the early church 
continued and, and scripture informed their context and, and it provided uh, their, their way of worshiping God. And then after that you have the Middle Ages and then you have the Reformation and then you have all, all of time leading up to now and scripture has spoken mm. in various ways through all of those situations to inform what they did, to inform what they believed, and to, to do for them essentially what it does for us today. Mm. Yeah, awesome. I think another point that the scriptures highlight mm -hmm. is that I, it identifies which God we're talking about, mm -hmm. the God of Israel. Mm -hmm. This is the one we've known all along. Yep. And when we come to the New Testament, it's not a different story. And however mm -hmm. intricate the different details are, it's the same God. That's awesome. And uh, this, I think, is what's unique, mm -hmm. that though there are different sayings about this God, it's the same one we've been talking about for a long time. That's awesome. It's so it's one. a continuance. Mm -hmm. and, and as I mentioned before, um, Scripture has the power to change. Mm -hmm. As you know, we're talking about revival, mm -hmm. you know, and the word revive means to, you know, to give somebody life. Mm -hmm. And Scripture has that power to give us life. Yeah. Not only a, a, a brand new life here on earth, but, you know, our ultimate goal is to make it into the kingdom and to experience eternal life. And so scripture provides that opportunity whereby we can't experience that change in our life now and prepare us for eternity. Mm. That's awesome. Mm. That's awesome. Mm. And I guess, you know, when we look at it, you know, how can we have a deeper experience with the Lord through coming to know him as he's revealed in the Bible? Because we talk a lot about it, but how does that like carry on over to us, I guess, in a practical way. We have like a minute and a half, so go. <laughs> I think that it's, it, it gets down to what Alex said earlier, that th this is God speaking to us. It's, it's God's word uttered mm -hmm. towards us. And it's, it's taking that for what it is, uh, as God's speech. And as Earl said, you know, providing information and life mm -hmm. for the world to come, but also the good life now. And That's Jesus awesome. says, I came to give you life and life abundantly to live, to live that fullness of the kingdom now. That's awesome. Of course, I think the problem is today that we have 21st century questions for mm -hmm. however years scripture is covering. Mm -hmm. And we come, how come there aren't any, you know, uh, there's nothing that says about cigarettes, it doesn't say about uh, this type of marriage, or it mm -hmm. doesn't talk about, you know, well, Scripture is not necessarily concerned about our little ideas about what's right and what's wrong. Mm -hmm. I, scripture is presenting to us the reality of God. Mm -hmm. God is present, God has been mm -hmm. functioning in history, and today, when I approach Scripture, how does it revive me? Is the fact that I gotta get rid of my presuppositions about what I already know right. about God. Right. Allow the thing to flourish into you, mm -hmm. and allow God to do what He's been doing awesome. in the past. That's awesome. And I know we have a short time, so I'm just gonna say simply that um, Scripture introduces me to my friend mm. and our friend That's and our awesome. ultimate lover. Because they testify mm -hmm. about Him. That's right. Awesome. That's yeah. true. And when you're so excited about something, you can't help but tell someone. I know, yeah, like absolutely. when I get an awesome present or like something really weird or cool happens. Right. I mean, you guys are my friends, so you've heard me say, yes. "Hey, look what I got!" <laughs> <laughs> So it's like there's an enthusiasm that naturally sure. comes from something you're experiencing. Yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on this panel. And I think you guys are on in a couple weeks. So see you in a bit. All right. Yeah. <laughs> if you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. 
That's www.sabbathschool.org. You can also join us on Facebook. It's right off our site. For Sabbath School University, I'm Sarah Mae Clone, and we will see you next week.